CES Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. And welcome back to another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider and episode four. And the response has been great here with the TMI crew. We have Steve Lorenz and Bryce Marich. Guys, how you doing this week? Good. Beautiful weather. Took it a little easier this weekend. Uh, no commitments, finally, right? A little, little quieter than it has been, I think, for Michigan. Uh, well, no, I guess they got bound since the last time we recorded. But uh, weekend-wise, quiet. Everything's good, though. What about you, Mr. Mister Marich? And I'm trying some new stuff. I'm actually going to, after this, try my hand handiwork at uh, IKEA Furniture. So we're going to see how I can do with that. Uh, that's always interesting. <laughs> Look, at that Look at you. Look at you. Are you going to put it together yourself? I mean, I might have a little hope, but yeah. (laughs) No, you'll be doing it by yourself. Right. I've been been there. Right. Well, guys, uh, uh, got a lot of questions this week on the site about cornerback recruiting. So I figured that'd be a good place for us to to focus on this particular on this week's show. And one of the guys that I plan on talking about came off the board, you know, Marianne Cooper. uh, And this is this is the same week, mind you that Mike Norvell is called out by his his senior captain, Marvin Wilson. You know, every coach is responding to the civil unrest that we see going on nationally. And Mike Norvell, the Florida State, new Florida State coach, was caught being disingenuous uh, down there and called out by one of his players. Uh, we got a lot of questions about, hey, do you think that's going to affect recruiting? Clearly, Steve, it's not. At least not in, in the case of Amarion Cooper. In that instance, right? I mean, he must have really been feeling Florida State. But again, as we've talked about with the guys Michigan's picked up, there's also that sort of that un, undue pressure right now for a lot of guys to maybe find a place to commit to. You know, I think the bigger question with a guy like Cooper and with some of the other names that we're going to be discussing is, you know, which ones is Michigan or Michigan, are they going to keep going after after they make a verbal commitment? Which ones will they maybe say, okay, enough's enough. We're not going to keep going after this guy. You know, this is, I feel like these next, what, three, four weeks are going to be really, really interesting as far as, you know, who verbals where, how do you dictate your recruiting board based on, you know, these early verbals where you you know that a, a much higher number of guys are going to open things back up once they're able to see other campuses. So, yeah, Cooper was a, that was a top target for them. I think we had him on the top target board for a couple months. Uh, guy they really liked. To my knowledge, he never visited, like a lot of the guys that we'll be discussing. So, uh, yeah, no, but I, I suspect he's a guy that they're going to keep going after. Not 100% sure on that, but I'd be surprised if they didn't. Yeah, I think so, too, Bryce. I think he's a – He's going to remain a target for the Bays and Blue U. Oh, for sure. I He's a guy that's been talking with Michigan for a while now. And like you noted, at, um, Florida State is going through some stuff with uh, everything going on. And so I think he's a guy like many where they could just kind of wait on recruiting. And the main thing, hopefully, is get these guys on campus. And that's where they really seem to thrive, the staff, and really 
seems to be like a game uh, changer when they get these guys on campus, show them around, show them different things. So we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see. Yeah, man, it is. Uh, it's going to be a, a recurring theme with the guys that we talk about this week. Uh, them leaning elsewhere and Michigan likely staying the course in recruiting them. And a, a hot name, one of the hottest names on the board for Michigan for weeks, if not months, is a young man out of Philadelphia, Northeast, a young man by the name of Tyreek, don't call me Chapel, Tyreek Chappelle, as in Dave Chappelle. He does not like it when people call him Chapel. Uh, Michigan didn't make that mistake. Uh, he's a young man, stands uh, 5'11", 177 pounds. 24-7 uh, has him ranked as a three-star prospect. I think Michigan thinks of him. Uh, it holds him in much higher regard. Uh, top five schools with that young man. You, Of course, Michigan in that mix. Uh, Texas A&M, uh, as well as Tennessee, uh, is another school that's up there. West Virginia, Pitt. Uh, and you can also throw Ole Miss in there as a school that, uh, even though they didn't make his his cut as far as the top five is concerned, a school that uh, has jumped in and, and has garnered some attention from him. Credit, uh, you know, I'm sure you can credit, uh, you know, Chris Partridge uh, going down there have some familiarity with him. Uh, but this is a guy. Michigan's very high on him. He's very high on Michigan. Uh, but Bryce, I kind of feel like the Wolverines are are looking up at Texas A&M with this one. Yeah, he's a. Uh... A guy that um, a lot of people seem to be uh, pointing towards uh, him, leaning towards that way. He's a guy that got offered pretty somewhat early in the process. Actually, it was more so like a couple months ago. Um, he actually told me when I talked to him after that offer, he said he was in disbelief. Really excited about it. Um, Coach Zordich was the one that extended it. And he actually wanted to take a visit in uh, April. Obviously, they got canceled. So I think they're going to still keep recruiting him, try to get him up to campus, show him around. But he's a guy they really like. They really like his skill set, what he can do in the back end of their defense. And so just like with Cooper, I think he's going to be a guy that they're going to keep working at. Yeah, I mean, A&M still after Tony Grimes, too, a former Michigan target. And again, I think another situation where Chappelle has not visited Michigan uh, is a guy, like you said, I and I believe uh, I'm in agreement with Michigan. Probably, I think he's a four-star prospect. I mean, where within the four-star ranks I'd put him, I mean, I don't know. But uh, I definitely think he's a four-star prospect. This probably, I, and I know, Sam, you'd agree, the, the guys that we're probably going to talk about, this is the one I think they're going to stay on. <laughs> Absolutely. The most, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah. His update, I, I don't remember who just posted the last update on him. He mentioned... You know Tennessee, Michigan, and Texas yeah, A&M were the one. Yeah, and like, did he barely said he barely talks to Tennessee? Right. Or really isn't talk. Yeah, so like, if you're even <laughs> if you're Michigan reading that, it's two team race even after he verbals. Or I mean, it almost <laughs> feels like it. Yeah. Like, so if you're Michigan, zero reason uh, to back off in that one, particularly because I think Texas A&M is a legit. They already got Deuce Harmon committed. I think he committed a few months ago. Uh, but t- if they get Tony Grimes, which they're a real factor for Tony Grimes, you know, Michigan may be able to parlay that, you know, into a, uh, hey, we don't have Tony Grimes because <laughs> Grimes <laughs> is really, really good. Uh, right. yeah, Michigan <laughs> recruited Tony Grimes for uh, hard, you know, yeah. and, but he no. he made it pretty clear. I remember I talked to Tony Grimes down at Under Armour 
And he went on and on about how much he liked Michigan and how cool Mike Zordich is. And I said, so how likely is it that you're going to visit Michigan? And he said, oh, not very likely. I appreciated him telling me that, you know, then. Uh, so we didn't spend another, you know, couple of weeks or months talking to him. But he could have le- led with that. He didn't even lead with that. That was like kind of down the line. But very good player to your point, Steve. And uh, Tyreek Chappelle, uh, you know, not not Tony Grimes, but – but certainly a really, really good player and a guy who Michigan covets. He likes their style of play. He said, you know, I love press man. Uh, he, he he said, he talking facilities-wise, he said, you know, Michigan has the, the largest gym. Uh, he said, I haven't seen a gym like that. I mean, it's it's like, uh, you know, their, their weight room, I believe, is the like he, he called the the weight room, the gym. I think it's the largest in the in the country after the renovation. So Michigan checks so many boxes with that kid. Uh, he talked about the academics as well. But when you hear him go through his list, like he talked about how much he liked the apartments at Texas A&M. It's like, <laughs> you know, he has uh, really yeah. good relationships with the, with the coaches down there. Sure. But the part that really pushed me over the top and thinking that it's A&M he said a lot of the same things about Michigan. And then he said, you know, I want to get away from home. I want to get far away from home. I want to get out of the cold weather. I was like, oh, hell, dude. <laughs> you know, we <Yeah. laughs> kind of narrows it down for me. It's uh, always a kiss of death. Right. There. But, yeah. but, but if you're a Michigan, one of the reasons why you stay on is because he was adamant that he's going to take his five visits. So, you know, just like we see, and we talked about the last couple of weeks, guys, you know, we're going to see a bunch of kids committing with the plan, with the outright plan ahead of time. I am committing, but I am going to be taking visits. And Michigan, you got to know, knows that. So even if they, I know they probably feel really good about him, uh, but even if they lose out, he's going to be announcing his decision on July 4th. Even if they lose out, I think they just, they just it's like halftime it's like you know it's still a second half to this recruiting it's still going to be all over all over Tyreek Chappelle so uh you want to keep an eye on for sure especially because of his relationship he loves Zordich loves the style of play loves the facilities Michigan's going to have a shot there now as we start to look at some of the other guys that remain on the board guys and a, a guy who was uh really piqued my interest Steve was a kid that you talked to earlier this week out of California place where Michigan is setting up shop, but Dyson McCutcheon and McCutcheon's name should sound familiar because both his dad and his granddad were standout college players that went on to play in the NFL as well. Yeah. So I, I talked to him. We were talking about this before we got on the air and he failed to tell me that he was talking to Jim Harbaugh basically within the hour <laughs> that we were talking uh, would have had a lot more to talk about probably. If I had known that I did follow up with him, though, that was his first time talking with Harbaugh. Now, he's been in a lot of contact with Zordich, obviously, likes what he hears about Michigan. You know, I don't know exactly where Michigan fits here. I I would suspect they'd be in a top five. I suspect they'd get an official if and when he takes them. I do think Washington right now, probably the team to beat. Uh, They're the team I believe has probably been recruiting him the hardest. I believe he went there. I believe he's visited there as well. Mm-hmm. He has. Um, and, you know, so a sh- little bit of a shot. I think he's a 5'10", 5'11", guy, um, quick twitch, 
like I said, another guy, you know, I don't know, maybe it's the the skill position guys, but I just always I watch film and I'm like, man, this guy looks like a 90 or 91, not an 88 or an 89. Um, but again, you know, Michigan's evaluations have been so strong at the cornerback position. It's really is what saved has saved them at that spot and getting some guys late or taking lower rank guys that worked out. So if they're after a guy like McCutcheon and got to think that, you know, he's a pretty top flight prospect for them. Um, so, you know, if Michigan plays Washington, if that happens, which, you know, hopefully it does and it looks like it's feels like it's on the way. Um, I suspect he'll be there. You know, I would imagine. Um, and then I, again, another guy that I think if he verbals early, and says he what because he told me he's sort of in the middle. He wants to take all of his visits, but the pandemic situation has kind of mm-hmm. sped his timeline up a little bit. To me, that's I translate that as I'm still going to take my visits even if I commit somewhere early. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another situation where you know really a very similar deal where it's just going to be a matter of who he commits to. And you know the the other thing is you know it's like you said it's halftime. I almost look at it like it's almost good. Because then a lot of other schools will probably stop recruiting. You know, a lot of schools will back off. So if a guy's really at the top of their board, they may have less suitors to deal with, you know, as far as a flip goes, uh, than they would if the kid stayed uncommitted and maybe got some more offers, that type of deal. So, uh, but yeah, McCutcheon seems to be right up there with the other, with some of these other guys. Uh, but I'd say Washington, probably the favorite as of now. Yeah. You know, I heard from him as, as well after the, uh, you know, after the, the, news of his his zoom with or facetime with harbaugh and and uh and zordich and hey, look i i like you i think washington is is the team uh, at this point he called it a his his dream offer because as a kid he had played on you remember snoop snoop had that that like junior football team that had everyone from i mean he had so many guys that, that played on that on that squad that we've seen go on to be, uh, you know, college players, and then ultimately some of them NFL players. Well, Dyson McCutcheon was also part of Snoop's league, and he went on a visit up to Washington because John Ross, you got the the NFL receiver, the speedster from Washington, was a was a member of Snoop's league. Got those kids to come up on a visit, and you know, if you've never been to Washington, it was one of the things that I was looking forward to. Uh, you know, assuming that the season uh, goes on without a hitch, that, man, you go to a game at their stadium, I mean, it, it overlooks the sound. It's one of the most picturesque scenes that you've ever seen to watch a college game. Now, the stadium isn't that impressive, but the setting is really impressive. So I could see how a kid would really be taken by that. Uh, and so he called it a, he called it a dream. But, uh, you know, Michigan, the the aura of Michigan – uh, Zordich has been working him really hard. Uh, the style of play, the track record for, uh, you know, for developing guys, all those things really raise Michigan's profile in his eyes to the point where I think a visit is certain. Uh, you know, he, I agree with you, Steve. I think that he's a guy that is torn because, you know, of the possibility that no visits, he was talking about the possibility of no visits being allowed. I, I find that kind of uh, unlikely. I think the kids will at least be afforded some visits. Uh, but he, if he decided early, uh, some of it would be out of out of fear or concern that, hey, I might not be able to take any visits at all. Why not commit now? 
Uh, and then if they say you can take visits, then I go ahead and take them. I think that's his thought process uh, at the moment. I agree. Washington probably the team to beat. Uh, but I don't get the impression that, you know, it's far and away the kind of deal where Michigan can't come back uh, and grab him. We'll have much more on, on Dyson uh, later on here in the week. But he is aware of Darion Green-Warren. Uh, he knows Michigan's track record for for corner development, loves the style of play. The one thing, and you talked about his ranking, Steve, and I think it's a good point because people to hear us talk about Dyson McCutcheon, much like Tyreek Chappelle, and you're like, oh, you guys might be overvaluing him because Michigan is on. I'm, I'm not because I'm like you, Steve. I looked at the video. I'm like, why is this guy a three-star? So I, yeah. I asked, you know, I asked, uh, you know, Greg Biggins about it, and he said the guy is it. You know he's he's a little shorter as far as the corners are concerned. He's more in the five in in the five ten five nine five nine range. He said five ten might be a little high, but more in the five nine range. So he actually kind of compared him to a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger Andre Selden. Huh. Well, we had him as a four star. I mean, didn't you? I mean, he's probably going to play this year, right? I mean, what more do you want? Like <laughs> that's a <laughs> okay. So bump him up where Andre Selden is. Then you know what I mean. So, um, but no, I agree. And and they've. Like I said, they've done really well. They they love the guys that can cover in the slot. There's that you got to find at least one of those guys. I feel like every cycle, uh, he'd be a great fit uh, in that respect. Along with McBurrows, uh, pretty similar um, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be getting in, into Jaden McBurrows here here shortly. But then there's some other guys. Uh, you know, one of the things that you've been talking about, Steve, is how active Michigan is in California recruiting and there's another kid out there another corner out there that that Michigan is at least in the game for uh maybe not as much as they're in the game uh as in the game with uh Dyson McCutcheon but in the game nonetheless kid by the name of Jameer Johnson yeah he's one of a trio of four stars in Cali so Dyson McCutcheon a three-star uh Johnson a four-star a guy he's got SC after him Oregon I think Ohio State's still involved. Arizona State, too, who's quietly, you know, Oregon gets a lot of credit for what they've done in Southern California, but Arizona State's actually done a pretty good job there uh, since the Herm Edwards hire as well. I think they're involved. Pasadena kid, you know, he's another, he's one of those that I'm like kind of, you know, thinking the odds are probably slim. He's somebody I haven't caught up with yet. Uh, I just reached out to him on Saturday. See if I can get some thoughts on on where Michigan may stand or how hard they're recruiting him. But I do know do know that they are putting in uh, a good amount of effort with him. Just more of a national name. Not a hundred percent convinced. You know, again, Southern California kid though. You know, he's probably been to SC. He may have been to Arizona State for all I know. That those are the types though where if Michigan pushes, they can get an official because it's somewhere where the kid's not going to probably pay his own dime. Right. You know, to go out and then obviously the dead period. It, prevented them from visiting anyway but uh he's another one i think is a really really good player uh we have him as a 90 but he's got one of the more national offer sheets at cornerback uh, compared to anybody yeah another kid um i mean another school to to look out for there his high school is also the alma mater of colorado's db coach and so they're they're in that mix as well it's you know, I'm like you. I, I think this is going to be one where they they might be ice skating uphill a, a little bit, but so much is left to chance. Uh, even with a kid committed, that you just keep you just keep plugging away. Uh, even if a kid comes off the board, especially at the corner position where 
guys. I mean, we keep talking about all these guys, and I think Michigan is basically trailing for all of them, but not not to the point where it's like you know any effort is futile. Uh, one exception might be, and I'm curious what you think about this one, Bryce. Kamonte Grimes, not a name that you hear a lot about, but that is a guy. Uh, whether and, and we've heard him talked about at, at both safety and corner. That's a guy that Michigan is, you know, he does speak pretty highly of Michigan. They might be at or near the top for him. Grimes, they actually offered back in uh, January. And he's a guy, he kind of reminds me a little of Ryan Barnes, who actually committed to Notre Dame, who is a big target for Michigan. He's a guy, like you said, that can play multiple positions in the back end. He actually probably could play Viper for them, too, if they really wanted him. He's 6'2", 185. He could bulk up, um, but he's got a lot of ability. He's been getting courted by not only Zordage, but Harbaugh. They really like him. They really like his skill set. And when he got offered, I asked him, I said, what do you think about Michigan? He was like, I was hyped because I've been waiting for them to offer. He said, they're in my top schools. And it means a lot for them to recruit me to be one of the guys for them. And one of the things he likes about Michigan so much, which you don't hear a lot from guys, is he wants to go in the medical program. And he knows how um, how high and how revered it is at Michigan. So that's really intriguing for him. He's been trying to make a visit since the spring. And he's tried multiple times, but obviously those have failed. So we'll see what happens with him. But you know, they have also his coach who is a big fan of Michigan as well. Um, he doesn't push, obviously, his kids to any school. So there's a lot. He's a really interesting guy, especially coming from Florida. But like a lot of these guys that we talked about before this, he's super far away. He's not a local guy. So one of the main things is going to have him get him on campus. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. You you think about some of the schools. I've, I mean, it sounds like Kentucky is, is up high with him. Uh, you know, Miami uh, is a is another school that's in there, but Michigan hasn't had much problem with Miami this cycle. If you look at what they've been able to accomplish with, uh, obviously with McBurrows and, and, and Jaden hood. So, uh, you know, not a, a huge obstacle for Michigan when you talk about Kamonte Grimes and, and really, uh, you know, really looking out of state. I mean, Wisconsin offered him here recently and he expressed interest in finding out more about Wisconsin. So, you know, that, should be you know, encouragement enough for Michigan, uh, especially with what he's said publicly about Michigan being one of the top schools on his list. He is one to watch. I mean, the, the question will be for Michigan, which 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 spot in the backfield does he really fit in uh, for them at? Is it at safety? Is it at corner? He might just be one of those Swiss Army guys that you could put in a defensive backfield and he can line up at either. But it begs the question, guys, and I don't know if there are any other – uh, any other corner targets you feel really good about uh, being high on Michigan's list. But I think you you get to the point with Michigan where you got to start asking, all right, how might they expand the board? Are there guys are there guys that maybe they've been on that we haven't heard them mentioned as much with previously or at least over the last few weeks or months that maybe they'll start moving up the board in terms of mention? Uh, when you consider the other guys that Michigan is chasing uh, have other teams up front right now? I think the one guy that they have that they've offered and have been recruiting to maybe 
possibly keep an eye. The biggest reason is it feels like he's completely wide open to Sierra Wright out of uh, Loyola mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, where David Long is from. Top 100 guy, like I said, appears to be wide open. Uh, told me last week Michigan's been recruiting him a lot, uh, but that's all he said, though, so I didn't really think it was a full update's worth. I would have just written a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is a guy that Michigan is still going after pretty hard and doesn't really seem to be leaning anywhere. So, you know, with the David Long connection there, could possibly help them, you know, at least uh, get a visit. Besides that, though, the other guy we talked about in on the more on the topic of a guy that we haven't talked much about and doesn't have an offer, we mentioned before we recorded, was Maxwell Hairston out of West Bloomfield. Mm-hmm. Looks like a guy, you know, the kind of kid, much like uh, Pius out of River Rouge where the no summer camps hurt him. really have hurt some of these guys. These like mid, the guys that are ranked three stars that got some good Mac offers, maybe a couple power five offers, um, but really never got the chance to showcase their skills in front of, you know, uh, the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Notre Dames, you know, this summer. Uh, he's a guy I'm keeping an eye on. I know a couple of the, of our members on the board have mentioned his name a few times as somebody, not just cause he's from West Bloomfield. Obviously that helps, you know, and if Michigan does decide they want to make a run at him, but also because I think he's a pretty good football player too. Uh, so he's kind of the other name that I've been keeping in my back pocket, kind of wondering if Michigan's doing the same. Yeah, you know, I talked to Ron Bellamy about him, and he he thinks he's uh, he's similar to Vincent Gray. This is this is Ron talking, not me. He thinks he's similar to Vincent Gray, maybe a little faster than, than Vincent Gray. Uh, you know, a guy who... Uh, physically is is rounding into form as far as you know adding some weight to his frame Uh, but ron isn't one to embellish guys he just thinks like you steve he's he's below the radar uh harmed a bit by not being able to get out on a camp circuit Uh, but he's a guy that you can rest assured any guy in ron bellamy's program even a guy who might be like was a jv guy and like there's a tight end there that was a jv guy last year that's uh, coming up. And I saw that kid mentioned in Michigan on Twitter. That's because any guy coming to the, through the West Bloomfield program, you know Michigan is going to have that heads up for on him. So I'm like you, Steve. I think that's a guy that maybe they have in the back pocket a little bit. Uh, another guy that they have offered uh, that is somewhat in the back pocket is a kid out of Tennessee by the name of John Howes who's been up on a visit. He's been to Michigan before. A rangy guy. Another guy that's 6'1", 6'2" about 180, 185 pounds that can play corner or safety. Uh, I think Michigan has been talking to him, had been talking to him more uh, along the lines of safety. But I know when I when I talked to him about it, I said, what position are they saying to you specifically? He said, I don't know. They haven't really narrowed one down. So I, I think maybe uh, there's a method to that, that, you know, they kind of look at their board, see where they stand, and he might fit in at, if they get do well at safety, maybe he fits in the corner and vice versa. Uh, but he's a guy that's kind of kind of still hanging around the radar and has family uh, in the area as well. If if Michigan decided it wanted to push on him harder, but an interesting one, and I wonder what you guys think. This is not anything that I've heard Michigan do or you know talk about doing. Uh, you know, as far as talking to some of the the scouts and analysts out there. But, man, Prophet Brown. So we've talked about Prophet Brown as a California offensive recruit for Michigan, a running back, one of the top running backs in the country. Very high on Michigan's board. 
felt like, you know, Michigan was one of the favorites along with Oregon for him. But lately, Prophet Brown has been trending towards Oklahoma, Steve, but trending towards Oklahoma as a corner. And I heard Oregon had been talking to him about corner as well. Now, when I talked to the kid, he didn't express a preference between the two. But if he's trending up with Oklahoma, you know, playing corner, and Michigan has a need for corners, and they had been looking good for him on offense, hey, why not pull a Rayshon Benny and call the kid up and say, hey, kid, if, if corner is what you want to play, corner is what you can play here. Hell, I, I, I tell him he can play both. Right. <laughs> you want to be the first running back corner two-way guy in college football history right? <laughs> just just swing for the fences right um yeah he did a, so the Oklahoma stuff I believe for Brown came out of uh, came uh, was on the heels of a virtual visit that he took there and they must have really impressed with the virtual visit but I found it interesting yeah because I you know as long as I've been doing this I always feel like when there's a guy that could play either offense or defense they almost always want to play on the offensive side of the ball. I So throughout his Browns recruitment, I kind of assumed Michigan, you know, liking him at running back where they also have a need mm-hmm. is, you know, would have been more of a feather in their cap than maybe going after him at cornerback. But yeah, I know Notre Dame was, is recruiting him at cornerback as well. Uh, Michigan probably might be in the minority uh, with looking at him at running back, at least with the schools that he seems to uh, have you know, be considering the most. So, yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, you're at that point. I mean, because he is a really good – I think he's a guy who – he's already pretty highly ranked, but he's one of those guys who I think is ranked a lot, of, like big time off his potential, who has like an even higher ceiling wherever he plays. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, if, I, if I'm Michigan, yeah, like you said, the Rayshon Benny thing, you tell him, you know, what you prefer to play, we'll, we'll recruit you anywhere you want to play. And uh, take that route, but it'd be it'd be an interesting wrinkle. I know the two way stuff always works really well. Uh, you know, we know how many times they've used Jabril Peppers uh, on the recruiting trail, not necessarily because he was a Heisman candidate, but because they played him offensively, defensively, and on special teams. So uh, there'd be really, honestly, there's no reason for him not to at least approach the topic with him and see what he has to say about it. I mean, I think he's that good. Yeah, I would I would pick up the phone today and <laughs> be like, dude. Hey, let's let's talk about this, young man. Because Michigan was Michigan was trending up enough to be considered, I think, at least a co-favorite uh, for him. And then suddenly, I mean, okay, I mean, it was Michigan. And I asked the kid, you know, who, what's your dream school? Because he had mentioned Michigan was his dream school. He had mentioned Oregon was his dream school. And both of those teams are just going at him full bore. And then next thing you know, Oklahoma. <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, what is what is that? What are they doing? That has them trending up. If it's this corner thing, uh, then I'm 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 at least throwing that on the table and saying, hey, if you if you're interested in corner, profit, we uh we want you to look. We we'd love to have you at corner. We'll see if Michigan decides to take that tact with the young man. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present a Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. But it leads us to, uh, you know, kind of a segue here and getting into, you know, guys that Michigan is trying for, right? They're trying to get this guy. They're trying to get that guy. What about the guys that Michigan, that they've already landed? And Steve had a great idea in looking at this class and picking out at least of the current commits, 
the sleeper, the sleeper in the class, that that guy that that maybe the rankings don't do justice at this point. Michigan is maybe ahead of the analysts in their eval of this young man. He is going to outperform his ranking. It's kind of how we look at a sleeper. So we'll start with you, Bryce, and get your your sleeper of the commit so far in the 2021 class for Michigan. Who's your top sleeper? I'm going to go with Tristan Bounds, uh, offensive lineman from Connecticut, six foot eight, 285, uh, long, flexible, got good knee bend, athletic, dunk on Twitter. Um, and so he showed his athletic he better be able to dunk at six eight two two. Yeah. I mean, if that kid could couldn't dunk, he can't be a recruit. I'm sorry, not, <laughs> not to speak for Michigan, but if you're six eight two eighty five, you can't dunk, uh, dude. You can't play. You can't play yeah. football in Michigan. No. Uh, nay, not all offensive linemen can dunk. I'm just He's six that. eight, Bryce. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, if you're six eight, you can't dunk. Lend me some of that height, man. I'm yeah. just saying because yeah. it's going to waste. <laughs> Right, you and me both. Um, <laughs> no, but he's he's a guy I think, and I know our own twenty four seven East Coast analyst Brian Doan actually views him extremely high as well, and I think he's under consideration for four star from us. But he's already, I want to say eighty eight right now in the twenty four seven. He's the thirty nine offensive tackle by twenty four seven Sports, and he's a guy I, I get. He's a three star, but. I think another year of him more developed, more refined. He's worked on his technique. He's gotten bigger, stronger, and I think it's going to show this year. And I think he's going to make some noise. I know he's made some noise just talking to us. He told me he wants to be at Ohio State. <laughs> right. game. So he's made a lot of noise there. But I think on the field, he's going to make a lot of noise. And I think he's a guy that people might be sleeping on right now. But I think at the end of the class, they're going to be like, man, Ed Warner, I don't know how he does it, but he got another great one. Yeah, you know, I think he, you know who he reminds me of, guys? He he reminds me of Jeff Percy, except uh, except he's already packed on. Like, Jeff Percy's, what, 265? This kid's already 285. And, you know, part of it is, you know, he, so he did like a redshirt year. He was at Alexandria Episcopal. He transferred up to Choke, did the year over again, but... His physical maturation, you can just see body-wise, he is really, really filled out. Uh, and you mentioned he's a he's a knee bender. And, you know, the coaches, they're looking for that, especially these these tall guys. Do they bend at the knees or can they – do they bend at the waist or can they bend at the knees? And this kid, he he has that. It's it's about more technical refinement. And, I, and if you're – if it's about the technical piece, you'd be hard-pressed to find better – than than Ed Warner. And I think that's one of the things that really sold Tristan is he looked at, you know, you got all four of your draft eligible offensive linemen get drafted. You look at the number of first round picks he's had. I mean, he took a guy like Billy Price at at Ohio State who got kicked off out of the defensive line, out the defensive line position. Ed Warner takes him and turns him into a first round draft pick. So you hear stories like that. Uh you you get a chance to connect with the with the coaches. I think he really connected with Harbaugh. I think that that temperament, that that mentality that he has, I think it fits really, really well at Michigan. And he doesn't have to play right away, Steve. That's the thing. I mean, not that you play many offensive linemen right away, but my point when I say right away for an offensive lineman, he doesn't have to play as a redshirt freshman. You know, he's a guy that you can keep 
that you can be developing for for two, maybe even three years before before he's on the field. I figure probably the plan is two. Uh, and then by the time his third, he's his third year in the program, you got a guy that is physically and technically uh, ready to really be a, ma- a major contributor for you. And, and they've 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 made it to that point. It took forever, <laughs> right? Right. Kind of get back there, right? Uh, after the way the thirteen class busted uh, up front is that they finally are back in a position where they can take a guy that you watch and you say, well, he's not great now. But I can see that the guy's got potential to be great down the road. You know, I think the biggest thing for Michigan, you know, in 16, 7, or 7, like uh, the end of Hoke, beginning of Harbaugh, a lot of guys were playing up front before they really needed or were ready to play because there were no other options. Uh, Now they're in a spot where they can take guys like Percy and Bounds and, and let them, yeah, let them learn the program get bigger in the weight room without the, without, you know, knowing that they're going to not have to play right away. Uh, I I can't put a value on that, Uh, you know, credit to Ed Warner. We've given him a lot of credit, but he deserves it as far as just turning the whole thing around. You know, I think the guys they took in 19, that look, that class early on, I mean, it is early, but already looks like it's going to be better than the third way better than the the six man 13 class ever was, Uh, you know, and then add on the guys they took in 20, and now you got what looks like another is going to be another huge haul in 2021. And I think you can safely say outside of something crazy happening that Michigan's offensive line recruiting and just the future of the position is, is brighter than it has been in a long time uh, with guys like this being those guys. Like you said, you can kind of let them marinate for a little bit, figure it out and then get on the field and, and be ready to play when they're first when they first make it to the field. They're ready to go. Right. It's not a, you know, coming in like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I've only been here six months. There's not those days are gone, at least for the foreseeable future, it feels like. Absolutely. All right. So Steve, your turn. Your your top sleeper among among the guys currently committed to Michigan. I mean, Bryce and I kind of fought over this one a little bit right Uh, and it's almost really not fair Uh, he is an 89 and Allen's already kind of implied that as long as this film looks okay he'll probably get a bump Uh, but I got to go with Rod Moore Uh, no doubt four-star prospect in my mind you know I know Ohio State's got a great class but I'm still just kind of surprised that they didn't offer him Uh, I I do think he's that good and uh, you know Another situation similar to offensive line where a guy like Moore just kind of caps just an excellent run at the safety position. Uh, But he's a guy, I think, lightning fast, plays a very physical brand of football, much more your strong type than your free type. I think that's why they would have wanted to pair him with a Donovan McMillan type kid at a free type spot. Um, But Rod Moore plays the run really well, super athletic, super fast, really sort of a total package at strong, at least from my standpoint, uh, you know, and, and again, like I said, to me, puts kind of a cap. They're going to, they may take another. I mean, we talked about how they're going to try to figure out the numbers there, uh, but at the very least they have kind of put a cap on, on a really good three, three year run at the safety position uh, with a guy, like I said, you know, I talk about not knowing a, a 90 versus a 91, you know, compared to an 88 or 89. I think Rod Moore is a 92 or a 93, at least in our ranking system. I'll be interested to see, uh, as long as he plays a senior season where Allen 
because that's who the pre- you know Alan, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, that's where the pressure is on Alan to uh, rate him properly. Yeah. But uh, I do, I do think that he's a guy that is a bona fide four star prospect. Yeah, I don't envy any of the guys that that do the rankings. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I think Steve. I think he has. Uh, you know, I think that this will be a pretty easy sell for. Uh, for for Allen, you're talking about a safety with really good range, a legit four four guy. I mean, Michigan likes to likes for its safeties to have man covered skills. Ron Moore does, but I feel like I need to to give Bryce the floor since since Ron Moore was <laughs> was was a guy that was very you know he very easily could have been your pick. So I feel like I need to. <laughs> to give you the opportunity to to talk about why Rod Moore was was almost your guy too. I think Steven, you kind of summed that up pretty well. Um, he's just a guy that can do a lot, and I think he is pretty underrated. And I kind of shocked at his offer list. I'm shocked that some of these schools, like Steve said, haven't offered him. Possibly like Ohio State. I know they probably took a look at him, but I don't know. I think he may he might be one of the guys that they got early that. You know, if they didn't have this quarantine, everything happened, and he went to some of these camps, some of these regional camps, and his name got out there more, I think he would really blow up. He can really do a lot. He's a has got solid track times and stuff like that. So um, he comes from a school that Michigan's actually really well in right now in Ohio. Uh, they got Gabe Newberg a couple years ago, and they actually got his teammate, Marcus Allen, the whiteout. So really familiar there. And he's just a guy that I really like in this class. I think he's a guy that he's going to outplay his ranking. And he's a guy, like, I think when it comes to offensive line, they don't have to play some of these young guys early, too. And you don't want to play young guys early at safety if you can avoid it. You know, they got um, Jordan Morant, Makari Page, RJ Moon. So they got some studs already coming in, take some time. This year you have Daxton Hill, Brad Hawkins. So you got a lot of guys there. And I think the only guy that honestly they would really lose is Brad. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have a lot of depth there. And he's a guy that can come in, get stronger in the playbook. But they really like him. They really like what he can do. And he's a guy that, yeah, I wanted to pick as my sleeper, but (laughs) I gave it to Steve. Right, 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 right. But you know what? Hey, team, teamwork, man, teamwork. He's both of you guys' pick for for sleep. You're 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 one B. You're one A or one B, whatever you want to call it, Bryce. Uh, which which leaves me uh, and uh, w- without hesitation for me, the guy that I went with as the top sleeper in the class is a uh, Jaden McBurrows out of Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas. You're talking about a guy who, if you you watch the film, I means I, I feel like. You know the guys that that Michigan has in the in, in the hopper already. You know you could probably describe a few of them this way. I, I think it's this way with the guy you picked, uh, Bryce Tristan Bounds. A lot of people maybe watch his his Episcopal tape, haven't really seen his choke tape. Uh, I I think in the case of Jaden McBurrows, it wasn't a whole lot of information on him coming over from American Heritage. But if you just pop in what he did last year at Aquinas and Steve you mentioned it last week about how Aquinas is like one of the premier programs in the country not just Florida which you know I guess if you're a premier program in Florida you're one of the premier programs in the country but 
It, the point is, they are nationally renowned. And this guy went in there. And in the first, I think it was like in the first four games, in three games in a row, he had a pick six. He had like four pass deflections. He blocked a punt that was returned for a touchdown. I mean, he just made impact play after impact play uh, and was a factor for them all season long. And I talked to his coach about him, uh, Roger Harriet, and he just said, look, man, you know, people didn't know about him coming in. He didn't have, he didn't have a whole lot of, a claim because this was his his breakthrough year as a starter but guys he he got on the field and it was like curtains I mean you could play him outside you could play him inside he's going to return punts he's going to return kicks he's going to run down on special teams as well he is a jack of all trades guy not the biggest guy but cat quickness good speed maybe not track speed I know his, his track times have gotten some uh, some scrutiny from from Michigan fans, but I'm not as wrapped up in that when I watch his film and see him doing what he did at Aquinas. So now, uh, you know, to to be able to piggyback on that with another big year, uh, I think will will solidify him as a as a a guy who I think will be a four star. Another guy who I think will be a four star before all is said and done, and a guy that Michigan fans will celebrate a lot more. And I just tell me if you guys are with me on this. This is a he's a huge factor in Michigan's courtship of Dallas Turner. We talked a lot about Dallas Turner over the last few weeks. Just did another story on Dallas Turner uh, here uh, this weekend. And this is this is one of Dallas Turner's best friends, if not his, his you know, the best friend for, for Dallas Turner, Jaden McBurrows. They were both at American Heritage together, that relationship. Uh, you know, obviously carried over, and now they're playing together uh, again at Aquinas. Uh, stands to reason that they might catch the bug and might decide they wanna they wanna carry it on. So this is one of the factors I think moving on, guys. Uh, if if Michigan moves up with Dallas Turner, I think that Jaden McBurrows will have had a lot to do with it. I think it's one of those things too. It's it's funny. It's I don't remember exactly how it played out with the with the trio from Flanagan. But it does almost kind of feel like all the focus is on the big, the big name, which for Michigan is the one, the one that's not committed. When in fact, they're really going to end up getting three really good football players. Where I think, as well as good as Josh Metellus ended up being for Michigan, you know, I think Hood and McBurrows both are going to be maybe at least at that at that level, if not maybe one or one of them is a little bit higher. You know, not so. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Two teammates being committed, and when we talked, we talked about it, is is only going to help Michigan's cause here. And again, you know, with Keechon Bennett in the boat, all Michigan's got like Michigan can put full force in on this recruitment. They mm-hmm. don't have to spread it out. They don't have to, you know, use resources elsewhere at the position. You know, it's uh, Don Brown and uh, Coach BJ are going to be one hundred percent all in on Dallas Turner. I got to think over the long haul could be something that you know may end up paying off for them at the end of at the end of the day yeah i another thing to to keep note of when it comes to jay mcburrows and i mentioned this in passing last week but it bears repeating you know he has an ohio state offer and i heard that ohio state hasn't given up on a kid uh you know they're at least trying to keep him warm and that says a me with the class that ohio state is putting together you know for for them to be keeping him warm or at least trying to keep him warm says a lot about Jaden McBurrows' talent. So yep. 
just uh, one of those things to to keep an eye on. But fellas, another outstanding Michigan recruiting insider in the books. Uh, we even went a little longer on the football side of things. Josh Hinchke, I think, is getting a, starting to feel a little lonely over there. So now it's time to bring Josh Hinchke into the fold and talk a little basketball recruiting. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. So first of all, Josh, how you doing this week? I'm doing great, Sam. How are you? Doing outstanding, uh, my man. And, you know, we left off last week saying that we were going to get some information on Fletcher Lawyer, the younger brother of Foster Lawyer at Michigan State, uh, as is the case with with some little bros, man. Some little brothers get, you know, they, they get the height. They they, they hit the, the lottery when it comes to the height, and I think – Fletcher Lawyer kind of got that, kind of like with my little brother. He got all the hype, man. So that, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, and it is gone that way in the lawyer family. As uh, Fletcher Lawyer is, you know, what, 6'3 or so. Uh, shoots it really well and shot it well enough, or, you know, certainly to get Michigan's attention and to pick up a scholarship offer. Uh, the first one in state, or excuse me, first one after Amani Bates in state. Mm-hmm. in the uh in the 2022 class and i know you got a chance to catch up with uh, fletcher last week yeah yeah that, that was an offer that you know it was, was a long time coming for him um you know he he's made multiple visits to campus you know football games basketball games things like that and it kind of eventually culminated into a into an offer um you know the relationship with the staff is is, is really good um obviously it, it means a lot to to him and you know he mentioned to me that he was honored to to receive you know his first high major from Michigan you know in, in the manner that he that he did so early in his recruitment um because you've seen this week you know Purdue has now extended an offer uh Nebraska I think today as of this recording uh extended an offer too so you kind of see that recruitment slowly picking up but um yeah I mean the Michigan uh, I mean the Michigan offer you know, the, the first one is going to mean a lot, especially, you know, considering an in-state program too. Um, it's going to hold a lot of weight. You know, the, again, he is, it's, it's way too early to kind of hypothesize, you know, where Michigan stands in terms of, of, you know, interest levels and, and things like that, because he's just so, it's so early in his recruitment and he's still trying to figure out, you know, visits and, and, you know, plans and summer plans and things like that, you know, with this, with this whole COVID-19 mess still going on too. So everything is still very fluid, but you know, there's no, um, there's no denying that, that, you know, Fletcher is really interested in Michigan and and obviously the, uh, the interest is mutual on Michigan's behalf as well. Yeah. As it's important to note, as we go back to last week's discussion, right. Um, It was not, about Fletcher Lawyer's talent, my surprise at him getting an offer. It was only the order of the offers because I anticipated that the the first guy to get an offer after after Imani Bates, which goes without saying, would be Ty Rogers because of how much attention 
Michigan, I mean, Michigan had been out to several of Ty Rogers' games. Ty Rogers had been to Michigan, been coming to Michigan since he's what, the, you know, eighth grade. I mean, the guy is just uh, a big time prospect, a t- national top 100 prospect, offers from uh, Rhode Island. I think he has uh, Rhode Island, Ohio State uh, has offered him already, uh, Houston. Kelvin Sampson down there. Those are just the ones that come to come to mind off the top of my head. So it was predictable if you listen to last week's show today. Ty Rogers is going to be getting an offer very soon. We that was Sunday. Monday, Ty Rogers had an offer. <laughs> Josh. So, you know, knew it was coming, saw it coming. And a guy that is 6'4, 6'5, uh, you know, he can put it on a deck, you know, can pull up off the bounce uh, and stick a jumper, but Really, his willingness to play both ends, his unselfishness on the floor, his ability to make other guys better on the floor. All of these things uh, likely ring uh, in rung in the ears of Juwan Howard enough to uh, to make him make the offer. I, I had a chance to talk to his coach, Mike Thomas, about it. He said, you know, just a mature guy, a guy who they had been tasked tasking with leadership since he was a freshman. Uh, and he's really carried that over, expected to be even more of a leader here next year as uh, Glenn Rice's nephew, Kevin David Rice, uh, moves on. Now the leadership reins are fully in the hands uh, of Ty Rogers, and uh, they feel like he is more than up to the task. I mean, he's been sacrificing scoring for the betterment of the team. Now he's going to have to do more of that, too. Uh, and they feel like he's more than up to, to the task to do that. As far as recruiting is concerned, made it very clear that he is not ready to make a decision right now, not close to one, but also made it clear that getting that Michigan offer was special. Uh, it was special to him, special to his dad. Uh, you know, the in-state school, the one he grew up watching, the one that's uh, that he spent a lot of time uh, in the presence of. And Saudi Washington, his, retainment, his retention uh, has a lot to do with it as well. That was big. Uh, in the Ty Rogers courtship. So, uh, you know, he was very much on the radar before. You can expect his recruitment to intensify now. Uh, now I think it's, there's a cascading effect because just like I thought it would be on the horizon, Josh, that if Fletcher Lawyer gets an offer, Ty Rogers is going to get one. And then there's another kid here in state that I feel like uh, you're going to see the, the, the vetting uh, the contact, the connection, as much as you can over the phone and Zoom, kind of pick up. There's a kid uh, in Mount Clemens named Javon Hanna that Michigan has been, that they've been tracking, a 6'3", 6'3", 175-pound shooting guard, a kid who caught my attention when he scored 60 points in a game uh, during the season. Uh, and I care, they weren't playing a very good, a very good team, but I don't care who you're playing against. Josh, you know, 60 points in the game uh, in a high school game is pretty damn good. And then on, you know, on the recruiting trail, you know, he already, you know, he already has, you know, a few offers in the fold. I mean, you know, DePaul has come through uh, with with an offer for him already. You know, I mentioned that that Michigan is uh, is paying attention. They haven't uh, followed DePaul in offering, but. Texas A&M and Washington State are a couple of other schools that are said to have offered. So this is a guy that I expect to really be 
more on the radar in the weeks and months to come, uh, more so than he already was. Uh, because I, you know, as as we look at the twenty one class, and we were like, ah, only a few guys, only a couple of guys in Michigan is really, uh, you know, really pursuing. Uh, might be a few more in the twenty twenty two class. Uh, now that lawyer has one, Rogers has one, uh, Javon Hanna on the radar. All of them, though, all of them, Josh, follow the guy who is the best player in the country, regardless of class, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and that's Amani Bates. The big question with Amani is, will he even go to college? Yeah, you know, I've been I've been saying for a long time that I don't think you know Amani's going to touch a, a collegiate court uh, in his career. I think you know that the first chance he can you know, go to the NBA or the G league or whatever professional rank, I think he's going to take it. But um, yeah, there's no doubt that, you know, 2022 classes is really loaded. And like you mentioned, you know, there's DePaul really loves their uh, loves offering in state Michigan kids. You know, they, they really do love reaching out to them. And, and I'm really glad that you mentioned Javon Hanna too, because it's funny. I had a conversation with a scout friend of mine this week and he mentioned to, about Javon Hanna, like, you know, I think, I think, you know, the next logical choice of Michigan offering a 2022 kid is, is Javon Hanna. Um, this is the same guy that, that um, when, you know, when Ty Rogers was camping in Michigan, I think the first time I saw him, I think he was maybe like a, a freshman at the time. He's, he was like, Hey man, this, this Ty Rogers kid, you gotta look out for him. Grand Blake kid, this kid can play. And, and, you know, I, I've, I've seen him a couple of times since, and I know Bryce has spoken with him and his dad too. And, um, yeah, I mean, the kid's talented. The kid can play. I really like, really like his game. I think I kind of, I rate him sl- uh, behind, um, Amani Bates in terms of where, you know, the, these kids stand stack up in a 2022 class regarding in state. But, um, yeah, I mean, dad his like you mentioned, dad's a big Michigan fan too. So he's got that, uh, in, in his corner, um, in state school is, is huge, but yeah, I'm kind of interested to see whether, you know, Michigan and, and Saudi kind of decide that they want to, you know, pursue Javon Hanna further. I think it would be a smart decision. I think the kid can, can absolutely play, um, you know, whether it's, it's enough to, to get an offer. We'll see, you know, but, you know, you can kind of make the, kind of make the argument that, you know, if, 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 if this is not a, and this is not a, a slight on, on Fletcher lawyer at all, but you know, if you can, if, if you feel comfortable enough offering Fletcher lawyer a scholarship, I think the same feeling should be uh, regarding Javon Hanna too. I think a scholarship should be extended because, you know, they're both talented shooters and I think they could both fit what they're trying to do, especially attacking in the state in the 2022 class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's like I said, you score 60 points in a game. (laughs) You got my attention. Uh, Imani Bates scored close to that in the game. It was, it might've been over 60. I know he had a huge, huge scoring effort. Uh, but the guy is huge every single night. Question is, as I said, will he spend time uh, in a college uniform? That is is more in question than it had been. Uh, but you know, I think as time goes by, more more and more people uh, I talk to kind of think that 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 that's a fleeting thought. Now I I don't know. I can't get inside. Uh, you know, his head. I haven't heard him. Uh, say one way or the other which way he was leaning he only said it was a possibility uh, that he could go to college now one of the things that I heard recently from some folks around Lincoln and let me stress not from not from Monty Bates and not from his dad but there there's been some some prep school talk with him but the interesting thing 
uh, that some of the whispers around town, uh, Josh, have to do with him starting up or, you know, them starting up their own prep school as opposed to going to another, uh, which, you know, to me, when you when you get to that point, uh, you know, I, I just think that skews even more towards the getting yourself ready for the for the pros. N- not to say that it doesn't get you ready for college, too. It's, it's just what that says to me. Uh, now, again, I don't know how likely that is. That's I'm just, you know, relaying uh, what some of the folks around here have been saying, uh, what some of the talk is around here. And it'll be interesting to see uh, if that if that comes to pass. But the best the best freshman I've ever seen uh, and the guys up until that point that kind of held that that mantle. Um, Kevin Durant. I saw him as a freshman. I thought KD was amazing. OJ Mayo, I saw him as a freshman, but you know OJ was probably seventeen as a freshman. I'm exaggerating. He was a he was an old fre- he was an old freshman, Josh. So, but but he was amazing as a freshman as well. This dude takes. I mean, you know, put a team on his back into the championship. Maybe they repeat this year if the season isn't cut short. Uh, you know, he's six nine. Can put it on a deck. Can shoot it. Can pass it. Uh, you know, who knows how good he's going to be when he puts some weight on. Uh, you know, people people kind of compared compared him stylistically to a KD uh, because he's this lanky 6'10 guy that plays on the perimeter. But I actually think he handles it better than 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 KD. Maybe KD is a, a better shooter uh, at the same stage of development. Uh, but I think that that this kid handles the rock, puts it on the deck better than KD uh, did at that stage. And it'll be interesting to see if he can, if he can maintain that, if he continues to ascend to the level of being one of the best uh, in the NBA too. But he certainly has that potential, Josh. He is a special, special talent. Yeah. And then you can already see just from, from the many different facets of, of, you know, as, as a teenager, as a high school kid that, you know, bringing money into you know, Ypsilanti and, 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 you know, the high school and, and things like that, you know, just the, just the national draw that he's bringing in as, you know, just a, a kid from Ypsilanti is, is, it's impressive, you know, just, just the reach. And of course, you know, social media and things like that makes it easy to, for, for talented kids to be seen, you know, with, with YouTube and all these highlight tapes and Instagram and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's no denying just, just how talented, you know, Amani, Amani Bates is, I mean, I get, I definitely, I, I can see the, the Kevin Durant um, comparisons just, you know, from a physical standpoint. Um, I think you're right though. I think, you know, Amani puts the ball on the floor a lot better than KD does, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be really interesting to see, you know, how he develops, um, you know, and, and, and what would happen, you know, if he goes straight to the, straight to the NBA, cause it's, it's going to be, curious to see you know the the if the one and done rule goes away you know if he goes a prep route what happens there um you know there's a lot of a lot of variables but mm-hmm. i just don't see the major variable of a collegiate game in his in his in his sights which is which is fine you know i think yeah. kids with with that talent you know should should go and you know if 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 that avenue of, of being a professional is open, they should absolutely take it. And, you know, that you can't really hate on a kid for that either. So, Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, look, if he wanted to go to college just to have some some college, I mean, there's something to be said for 
for the opportunity to mature without it being a job, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, without having the pressure of yeah. a job, there's going to be enough pressure as it is. Now, you know, some kids might want it. That's that's one of the things I'm hearing about Chet Holmgren, for instance. Now, you know, Amani is on another level from Chet Holmgren even. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm hearing that that's one of the things that in looking at going to the college ranks uh, that is appealing to them, that the opportunity to grow physically and mentally uh, without a bit the, the pressure of it being a job. Now, you know, Monty Bates with two more years of physical maturation, uh, you know, maybe physically he'll be as ready physically uh, as some guys who go to college. And he's already he's already kind of dealing with the uh, the media spec. I mean, they moved his games to the to Eastern Michigan. I mean, that's how much of a spectacle uh, it has been for him. So he's getting used to dealing with all the attention already. Uh, growing up fast already, so you know, he might not need as much of the the in the the mental maturation process. Time will tell. Uh, all I can say is, like the talk around town, you know, talk is it's you know it's not from him, so I don't want anyone taking what I'm saying as a report. As this is what they're saying uh, in his camp or in his family. Have not heard that at all. I heard from some guys around the program that you know they're they're kind of talking like, hey, that. This might be the route, or they think they think it might be the route uh, that he he goes. Time will tell on that. If you're Michigan, you got to recruit him. You got to recruit him on a slight chance that he comes to college, and that's why they've extended him a scholarship offer. Uh, you know, the interesting thing with with him is uh, Josh. He had a lot of Michigan State, a lot of Michigan State with him. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's uh, more familiarity. Uh, with Tom Izzo and company, or or what? But uh, sounds like they maybe have they might have the leg up, uh, at least among the in-state schools, uh, if he were to go to college. But you know, if you're Michigan, like I said, right down the line, you gotta you gotta recruit them, and they are uh, just just on the slight chance that he he goes to college. There are many other guys though, Josh, that they're on that. Are, are much safer bets when it comes to the college route. And one of those guys you talked to this week in Harrison Ingram. Harrison Ingram, he uh, cut his list actually the day after Michigan offered him. Uh, he made a top 10 list and uh, Juwan Howard and company offered him. And ultimately Michigan, you know, made the cut uh, among a variety of schools. Um, and, and I think, just the, the whole sole reason for Michigan making that cut is, you know, the relationship with, um, with, with Juwan Howard, you know, he, uh, you've mentioned, you know, so many during, you know, the past couple episodes, Sam, that, you know, Juwan is, is walk the walk, walk the path of, you know, a former, former collegiate player, former NBA player. And that's something that, that, you know, Harrison admires and, and respects and, 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 appreciates that he can that he can potentially have a head coach that that can relate to him in terms of you know the the difficulties of you know a, a student athlete in college and you know what it takes to get to the NBA and have a um have longevity in the NBA so i think you know that that relationship with Juwan is is going to play a major factor in you know in regards to where Michigan stands with this one this is one that you know, because we've mentioned, you know, some of these 
guys are are being prioritized by a, a Phil Martelli or a Saudi Washington or things like that. But this this recruitment with Harrison Ingram is is being spearheaded by Jawan. This is you know the one that he's taking over. Um, you know Harrison himself has said you know that you know Jawan. I've, I've I talked to Jawan the most. He's prioritizing me and and you know he really appreciates that relationship. Um, you know in terms of of where Michigan stands on that top 10, I can't, I can't really make a, a safe guess in my opinion. You know, I think things are still really early in terms of, you know, his visits and things like that. Cause again, like, uh, like Fletcher lawyer, he's still trying to figure out, you know, when he can go, where he can go. Um, and, and things like that. He did have a zoom meeting with the staff last week. Um, that was more of a, he called it a developmental zoom call, you know, just kind of breaking down tape and, and you know, of, of the uh, offensive game and, and, you know, where he might fit and things like that. So um, still relatively early, but, you know, mm-hmm. this one wouldn't be surprising if, if Michigan kept, you know, making future cuts just due to the sole fact that, you know, his relationship uh, with Juwan is, is, is that strong. Yeah, and uh, an extremely, extremely skilled guy. Uh, you're talking about, at least according to our guys, number 18 in the country, uh, number 15 in the country, according to the composite ranking, but 6'6 six, six and some change, about 210 pounds out of Dallas, Texas, St. Mark's High School. Uh, and an elite scorer that can also create for others. He is just, uh, you know, tremendously skilled. Now, one of the things that kind of stands out to me uh, and, and maybe helping Michigan's chances is he is also said to be an elite student. Now I know people maybe you know they maybe scoff at any mention of of academics when it comes to guys of this ilk. Uh, that you know academics is is often uh, you know something that that the prospects give lip service to, but this kid is supposed to be is apparently an exceptional student. Uh, and that it will play, it will play a real role uh, in his decision making process is one of the reasons why. I mean, if you look at the lone crystal ball prediction for him right now, uh, Josh, it's not a, it's not a Kentucky, it's not a Duke, it's not a Kansas, Stanford. Stanford is the team with the with the crystal ball prediction from from Brian Snow. That ought to that ought to you know kind of speak to what I'm talking about. When you talk about talk about academics being playing a a significant role in his decision making process, that's not to say that it's going to be above basketball in the mix, uh, but it's certainly it's certainly enough of a criterion. At least it sounds like to me uh, for it to be part of the the vetting process of with the schools that he's looking at. Now we'll ultimately find out as he gets deeper into his recruitment how serious. It really is, but the word is, the talk is that, you know, that's going to be one of the major attributes for Michigan in its courtship of Harrison Ingram. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, if, if you're if you're looking for uh, a balance of ac- uh, academics and, and basketball, you know, Stanford makes sense, Michigan makes sense. Um, you know, there's a lot of programs that, that make sense in terms of that, you know, academic and athletic balance that you know that some that believe it or not there's there's some kids out there that, that value uh academics and on top of their uh 
on top of their basketball or, or whatever sport they're looking to pursue at the next level. So yeah, he's going to be, um, he's going to be an interesting one. You know, I'm, I'm looking to, you know, hopefully keep in touch with him to see, you know, how, um, Juwan kind of sells, you know, the academic side of things too, because you know, that's going to be a, pri- a priority with them because they, they understand Michigan understands, you know, how important academics is. They'll, they'll, they'll attack that route in terms of their, uh, in terms of their uh, recruitment. But, um, you know, again, if, if, if Stanford right now is the only crystal ball, you mean, you, you, if you're Michigan, you feel pretty good about that because I think, you know, the academics, you know, maybe, you know, you could, you could argue that Stanford has stronger academics in terms of, you know, their standards of, of acceptance rate and things like that. But if you're comparing it from a sole basketball perspective, I think Michigan has the upper hand and will continue to have the upper hand. Um, but it ultimately all just depends on, you know, relationships and, and, and visits and things like that, which ultimately will, will come down the line sooner rather than later. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just to give you the other schools in the top 10 here really quickly for Harrison Ingram. Also, Arkansas, Baylor, Louisville, Memphis, North Carolina, Purdue, Stanford, of course, Tennessee and Texas A&M. So long way to go uh, with, with Harrison Ingram. But sticking in that class in closing. Josh is uh, in the 21 classes, another kid, very highly ranked, uh, a, a guard prospect that the Wolverines, uh, you know, offered a little while back. We talked about him, I believe, in episode one. But Jalen Worley just announced his his trim down list. And there was a there was a surprise there for you. Right, Josh? Yeah, I think the first thing that immediately stood out to me is the lack of Villanova on that right. list. You know, if you've been paying attention to if, to episode one and what we were talking about with Worley, you know, Villanova was was a presence at one point in his life in terms of, you know, uh, sports that he grew up, sports teams and programs he grew up watching. Um, you know, what what shouldn't come as a surprise, though, is is the fact that Michigan is is on that list and, mm-hmm. and should continue uh, to make more cuts as, as things progress. Yeah, you know, as I think back to one of my conversations with him, he's the kid, uh, you know, from PA whose whose uncle and dad played for, uh, you know, played for Phil Martelli at St. Joe's when Phil Martelli was an assistant there. Uh, And his dad and his uncle, they are like huge, huge, huge Martelli fans. And uh, he told me at the time, he said, you know, if I growing up, if there was a big game that I that I you know, went to see a big college game. We were going to Villanova games, but in thinking back to that conversation, he qualified it and he said, but I'm not, you know, I wasn't necessarily a big Villanova fan. It's just like, if you wanted to see a big college game, you go to see Villanova and they've been on them for a while. It just stands to reason the success they've had that Villanova would be on that list. Right. Or he might be a Villanova fan. Not true. Uh, And he said, yes, while watching a lot of Villanova games, uh, and I, I know I may have said to the effect that that was the school he grew up watching. It was indeed the school he grew up watching, but he said he was not a diehard fan. And so, again, that is that is a great bounce for Michigan in this mix. Uh, one of the players in that class that you, know, you, you definitely need to keep an eye on uh, as a Michigan fan. The other schools in that top 10, you got UVA, I know Oregon was in that mix, the, the Memphis Tigers, Louisville, Miami, uh, Maryland uh, made the cut, Florida State. Who am I missing in there? Uh, LSU, 
uh, made the uh, made the cut as well. I think there is one more that I might be missing, uh, Josh. But uh, you got to feel pretty good <laughs> if you're Michigan, based again on that Phil Martelli connection. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think you know Michigan is 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 very strong um, in that list of of ten schools there. I think you know. I think considering I'm not obviously. 100% informed on every program on that list but you know if if you're talking about building relationships um with with the coaching staff and things like that I think you know you can certainly make the argument that that Michigan stands the strongest and it runs the deepest just because of Phil Martelli's presence you know with his dad and uncle and, and things like that so um yeah I think you know I think right now I mean it, obviously we're not ready to talk crystal balls or anything like that but you know I think you got to feel pretty good about you know where Michigan stands with this one mm-hmm. and, you know and ultimately you know where where things go from here remains to be seen but again I think if you if you're looking at that list there's a lot more pros in Michigan's corner than there is cons so um, you know that usually that's that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good indicator of where things stand. Yeah, man. I among the high level recruits, like the highly ranked recruits that Michigan is pursuing in that class, I think I probably feel the best about Jalen Worley right now. Uh, you know, I think Michigan is in really good shape. I think they have a they're really strong uh, relationship connection there. Uh, that is really fueling uh, Michigan being one of one of his top contenders. So, got to get him here though. Got to get him on campus, and that that's the next big deal uh, when it comes to uh, Michigan and Jalen Worley, uh, the young man out of out of PA. Again, a a Martelli, uh, you know the the connection, the Phil Martelli connection, uh, really reaping dividends when it comes to putting Michigan prominently in the mix for for that young man uh without without again as we just mentioned villanova being in the mix norristown pa westtown high school for him the next big deal for us is for you guys out there you guys and gals out there who like this podcast if you like this podcast be sure to subscribe to it be sure to rate it you know give us a a review give us one of those five-star ratings Help us go. Help us grow. Let's keep this podcast getting bigger and better. Uh, the first three weeks have been nothing short of outstanding, Josh, and the best is yet to come. So good job again this week, my man. Absolutely. We'll do it again next week. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to the Michigan Recruiting Insider.